And we're back with Marty Jackley on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Marty Jackley, of course, the Attorney General of South Dakota and one of uh, potential candidates for governor in 2018. You know, it seems so far off, but it's not. It's not. Early voting's in seven months coming up for the primary, so yeah. it's, it's, it's approaching as quickly. So uh, if you don't know, Marty is a Republican and... So the primary and Christy Noem, Congresswoman Christy Noem, has also announced that she's running for governor. So we know there's going to be a primary. Could still be some other candidates. But uh, right now it's, it's uh, Marty and Christy, as we like to say in South Dakota, because we use everybody's first names. Um, so the primary is coming up in June. That's really not that far away. You have to be about fully ramped up, are you not? You know, we're starting to. We put together a fully South Dakota team, and I'm proud of that. I mean, we've got the talent to run an election here in South Dakota with South Dakotans. And so the team's coming together. Um, We are beginning the fundraising process. Uh, I'm certainly working hard on weekends and lunches and evenings uh, to be accessible, to listen to people about what's important to them, what South Dakotans want to see in the next governor. And so it started. What are the key issues in the primary? Because now you're talking about just Republican voters. Uh, Republican Party in South Dakota doesn't have open primaries, so independents would have to register as a Republican. So it's a it's a smaller pool. What are the issues in that primary that you think s- you are focusing on that separate you from Congresswoman Nome? You know, certainly what I'm focusing on is I'm talking about bold leadership and experience. And when you look at what a governor does, the governor leads people. And South Dakota has had an opportunity to see me lead people as their U.S. attorney. They've had an opportunity to see me lead people as the attorney general and really is the, the chairman of the nation's attorney generals. And so it's one of leadership in, in getting the job done. And when you, you sit in the chair of the attorney general, uh, you have a lot of opportunities to address and find solutions to challenging issues. Uh, I think that we've put together a strong team. And so the, the, the main highlight or the, the work that we're going to talk about is leadership. In other words, not just saying you're a conservative or talking about good government, but having shown that uh, and then also having kind of the meat on the bones to be able to show this is how we're going to do it. And it really goes back to creating the opportunity for new and better jobs, addressing education and health care and strengthening them, public safety and quality of life. But having the ability to carry that out and the experience to handle budgets. I mean, we are, we're very lucky in South Dakota. I mean, I, I like to say that, you know, we have not squandered away tomorrow's future and opportunities uh, by today's mistakes. And we balance our budgets. Uh, when you look at our state retirement program, uh, we haven't stole from it. It's fully funded. Uh, our school boards balance their budgets every year. Our county commissions and city councils do, and so does our legislature and governor. And we're proud of that. And it's something Washington hasn't done. They just aren't, aren't able to make those hard decisions, and we make them here in South Dakota. We're here with Marty Jackley. He is the attorney general from South Dakota and a Republican candidate for governor in 2018. Uh, just, But the issues are different. And let's talk about a f- couple of them real quick here. Sure. Um, first of all, the I want to talk about open records, which <laughs> I don't. I won't, you know, every, your media guy go right to open records. But in the context of the whole discussion of IM twenty two and the repeal by the legislature, and then the different pieces that were put back in with changes. As I look at it, I always think, you know, what the best solution to all this is transparency. As governor, would you support a reform of our open records laws? Because, with this caveat, I tell you that South Dakota consistently is seen as one of the worst states in the country for transparency. So would you support some sort of reform package to look at records? 
emails. I mean, really get into some of the things that are available in other states that are off limits here. Yes, and I've done it as Attorney General. You know, the two big groups that I put together as Attorney General on government transparency is when I first became Attorney General, we put together the group. And when I say the group, we wanted to include the media and legislators and state's attorneys, and we brought together a package. It didn't fare the best in the legislature. Some passed. Mm -hmm. We've continued to work on it, uh, especially, you know, and I I credit the Newspaper Association and and the help that I received from the media on then the second group that I just put together as Mm -hmm. Attorney General and said, all right, let's get this narrow. Let's look at the criminal justice system. What can we do better? And what came out of that was mugshots. Right. And you saw the challenge we had. I mean, I, as attorney general, sponsored that legislation mm-hmm. and worked very hard to get it passed. It took many, many years. That was just foreboding for so long. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it, it came. And so sometimes it's baby steps. But, yep. you know, certainly government transparency is an important thing. You know, and I've been blessed as attorney general when you look at, for instance, when we have an officer-involved shooting. I mean, we're transparent about it, but the media has always given me the opportunity, that 30 days, I call it, to, to do the proper investigation, to let my men and women that are in uniform to investigate, do a report, and then I release a summary to the public. So we haven't had those situations like they had in Ferguson or other officer-involved shootings because the media, we have a process. It's transparent. Sometimes we, we just need time. And so what I'd like to do is we we look at some of these opportunities is, again, put together another group like we've done on those two occasions and say, we need to get the media together, members of the legislature, local government officials, and say, how can we do better? How can we be more transparent? But let's come with bills and get it done. And uh, I'm certainly open to doing that. And I think I've demonstrated it twice. And you know, as governor, I'll have a, a better opportunity than just as attorney general and maybe focus beyond just the criminal justice system. Emails. Do you think emails should be open records? I do as long as there are protections of the privacy matters such as medical type stuff. You know, certainly if I'm sending an email about indicting somebody, uh, you know, those type of things mm-hmm. when they're uh, what I would call criminal justice type records. I think as long as you have reasonable exceptions and the public is generally, you know, supportive of that, that they, they understand, you know, there are medical privacy issues. There can be law enforcement privacy sure. issues. But and, generally and speaking, you know, people always say, well, I don't want you to be able to read the emails to my kids. Well, don't you get a Gmail account. I mean, that's that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of different opportunities here to avoid that. The technology has changed to the point where it seems like that's something that should be open. And given the recent revelations that have come out from the gear up uh, investigation, that those emails were out there and not that the media is law enforcement, but maybe somebody would have seen something to and, and gear up's a bad one because in some ways you, you're indicted, you're not indicting, bad word to say to a lawyer, but you're, you're blaming people for a death that nobody could have prevented, but maybe we could have seen that there was something weird going on. Well, and as you know, too, for me to be able to see a document when it's considered privileged, I mean, this kind of goes back to transparency, I have to go through the process of a search warrant in a, in a pretty lengthy process. Mm-hmm. If there's more government that's transparent, you know, law enforcement gets to see that right. too quicker. Right. And there are opportunities, not necessarily, you know, law enforcement, we prosecute. We don't prevent necessarily when it comes to white collar or other mm-hmm. crimes, but it can assist in in certain, you know, reviews that we are doing on cases. And and you know, we may not exactly receive everything in a search warrant process, or perhaps word it correctly in a, a search warrant to g- gain every piece of data or information. And so sometimes transparency can go to better law enforcement on the prosecution end too. We know that a lot of the work of government is pretty mundane, and balancing the budget is a big part of what we do. Um, but we get uh, off on some other issues, but they become important. And one of them is this whole uh, 
uh, transgender bathroom debate. And not to be too specific on it, but it is representative of philosophy and what you think. Do you think the state should really be involved in making the rules about who goes to which bathroom? Let me, let me answer with what my position is on it. And if there's legislation in this, this realm or this area, I would be supportive of it. I'll tell you that I didn't support President Obama forcing the school districts to do a policy where they would force a child of an opposite sex into the same locker room, shower room, and bathroom. And the courts agreed with us. I mean, the majority of attorney generals challenged that in Nebraska and Texas, and we prevailed. And the court said, that goes too far. What I've generally said is, I think we should respect the privacy of every student. That would include uh, a, a, a one that's going through the gender process change, as well as other students. What I would also respect is uh, that we should never put a child of opposite sex in that position, because then you're not s respecting the privacy of either child. So I wouldn't be allowing, uh, you know, little girls showering with little boys. And the third thing is, is that as long as those two things were done, I think it's a local control issue, that I think it should be left to the local school district to decide whether or not they are going to have uh, a one unisex bathroom or whether they're going to put in, a, you know, three mm -hmm. of them. They're the ones that know their budget. And I don't think Pierce should tell them any differently than Washington. And but those, those three things that would have to be, it would yeah. have to be respecting the privacy of every student, it would have to be making sure that you don't have children of opposite sex in the same bathrooms and shower rooms and that level of local control. Because don't administ local administrators know each case is different and know what's best for all those kids in general? That's, a, that's right. They're going to know better than necessarily Pierre or Washington. Uh, obviously, tons of issues. We're going to have a lot more time going down the road. Uh, lots of big stuff we didn't get to hit. But I really appreciate you coming in today, Marty, and uh, we'll, be, we'll have you back real soon. Thanks for uh, letting me be with you today. No Have problem. Have a great day. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO.